Hello, my name is Morgan. Some say I have a way with words. In fact, you could say I have a God-given gift to paint a picture just by the way I talk. I would like to tell you about another who has a similar gift, and that's Frank Shelton. I love to listen to his voice and values, because in a world of hate, he promotes love, and where others speak hype, he speaks hope. For time-tested truth, visit www.frankshelton.com. Welcome to Frank Shelton's podcast on life, leadership, and our Lord. Frank is an author, evangelist, and one of the most sought-after speakers in America. Frank is married to his sweetheart, Ruth, and they have two children and live near Washington, D.C. After working two decades on Capitol Hill, he left by faith to preach the gospel. He served five years on staff with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and he was a chaplain at three Summer Olympics. Today, Frank has preached on five continents and addressed audiences at stadiums over 120,000 in attendance. His TV ministry, By Faith with Frank Shelton, airs weekly to over 150 million homes worldwide. And today, he's thrilled to speak to you. Enjoy today's message by our host, Frank Shelton. Praise the Lord. Hello, my friends and all of our listeners. I just want to say thank God for each of you, for our prayer warriors, our partners, it's a privilege to be in studio with you today, and uh, I want to speak to you on the subject of identity today, identity, and before I jump into that, um, I just want to share this weekend, I have the high honor, I'm going to fly to Akron, Ohio, and I'm going to be with my dear friend, Pastor Bill Brian at Rustland Hills Church in Dover, Ohio, and uh what a joy it is going to be with him. I'll be preaching Saturday and Sunday. So if you're anywhere near the land of LeBron, where LeBron James was from Akron, I would love to see you. Um, November is going to be planes, trains, and automobiles. Lord willing, we're going to be in Providence, Rhode Island in early November, uh, Boca Raton, Florida. I'm going to be in Wheeling, West Virginia, and then I'm going to be in Bedford, Pennsylvania on 11-16. November 16th is my wife's birthday. We're going to be at home celebrating Ruth. And then Thanksgiving is on our doorstep. And I've said a million times, Thanksgiving is not reserved for a Thursday in November. It is year-round, and we have a lot to be thankful. So whenever you feel blue or a little tired or self-entitled, I want to give you two words, think, thanks. And when you're thankful, you're going to go a long, long ways. I want to share with you the three M's. First of all, I'm from Maryland. Number two, we're still praying for Maui. Last month was a mess in Hawaii. Ruth and I had the honor to be in Honolulu last year. It is literally almost paradise. It was one of the most beautiful places we've ever been. And uh, we're still praying for the cleanup. My former boss, Franklin Graham, with Samaritan's Purse, they are still on the ground. Last night in Maine, I believe I heard 22 people were killed. Our thoughts and prayers go to all of those in that devastation. But the other M I want to point you to is the Middle East. And uh, people are important to God. And uh, we have to be careful when we just say, you know, praying for one group of people. God loves us all. And our prayers do go to Israel, but we're also praying for Palestine. But I have a newsletter. It's hitting mailboxes across the country on Saturday. And I want to read you a snippet in our newsletter 
for this month. Why does Israel matter? Jacqueline Camp wrote, quote, Do you know the time clock of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is not based on America's timeline? It's based on what is happening in Israel and the Middle East. Number two, did you know that Jesus wasn't a Christian? He was a Jew. He was the king of Jews. Number three, he celebrated and kept the Jewish holy days and customs as well as the feast of the Lord. He didn't come to eradicate the Torah and the writing of the prophets in the Old Testament. He came to fulfill the prophecies that were written in them. Mark this down. When Christ returns, he isn't returning to the United States. The Bible is clear. He's going to plant his foot down on the Mount of Olives. He's going to go through the Eastern Gate, which is currently sealed off of 16 feet of concrete. There's a cemetery, and Ruth and I have been there, that's placed in front of that gate because touching the dead makes a Jew considered unclean and unable to go to the temple, which is holy. The word of God says he will return there, and from there he will rule and reign for 1,000 years. Presidents come and go, but I'm telling you, the king is on his way. The final battle is not going to be on American soil. It's going to be in the valley of Megiddo in Israel. The Bible says as the nations war against Israel, Jesus will come and destroy his enemies with the breath of his mouth. The word is powerful. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 8. Then it also says, God did not replace the Jews with Christians as some believe. They and Christians are actually grafted in just as you would graft a wild branch into an existing tree. The word of God says, when you touch Israel, you touch the apple of God's eye. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8. The Bible says, he that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord is thy keeper in Psalm 121.4. The Bible says, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. Genesis 12, 3 says, we are also commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's Psalm 122. I did some research, and Lance Wownow said Hamas is mentioned in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11, and it's actually referred to as a violent region. Some could say a violent regime as well. They are, in fact, a terrorist group who desperately need the Lord and I still believe the rich, red, royal blood of Jesus still forgives sinners. We are praying for Israel, but we're also praying for Palestine, the whole Middle East, and the whole wide world. I was a guest on Fox News in New York with Lauren Green, the chief religion contributor of Fox News in New York City. And she asked me a question pertaining to Israel. And I said on national TV, quote, Lauren we will have no peace in the Middle East until we get right with the Prince of Peace. Apart from Christ, we have chaos. Ruth and I had the honor to go to the Holy Land. Uh, she scheduled, Lord willing, to be there December 1st of this year. But we were there November 2019, right before COVID, and we took 94 friends and family, and it was amazing. We had over 75 people get baptized in the Jordan I think I had the honor to baptize over half of them. But I'm telling you, it's a real, real place. 
And I just want to share this. This is powerful. For those of you who still don't think Israel is of importance, number one, Christ was born in Israel. Number two, he ministered and did miracles throughout Israel. He died in Israel. He's buried in Israel. He arose from the dead in Israel. And the king is going to return back to Israel. To say Israel does not matter would be an understatement. We need to pray for all, keep our eyes on the prize, which is the Lord. And if you're struggling with doubt, discouragement, or depression, write this Bible verse down, Isaiah 26, verse 3, perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. With my remaining moments, I want to share with you a thought. Um, I had the honor recently to speak at the junior high retreat in Shadyside, Maryland, and Anne Arundel County to about 106 through 8th graders at Southern Maryland Christian Academy's retreat. And God met with us in a powerful way. I spoke on the subject of identity, and I preached on the coat of many colors with Joseph. The coat of many colors symbolizes the call of God on his life. But I've learned from personal experience when you have an assignment, when you have a vision, when you have a mission, when you have a calling, when you have a platform, you will inspire some and intimidate others. Number two, the last five letters of jealousy spell lousy. Be a cheerleader to others, not a critic. Winners build up, but wannabes tear down. Joseph's brothers, it's important to make this known, his half-brothers were jealous of his coat. It wasn't just the colorful coat. It was the colossal call of God that made them jealous. They were so angry, they not only to try to sell him like a slave, they literally dug a pit and left him to die. I'm telling you the old expression, who needs enemies when you have friends like that? And they were not only friends, they were part family. But this is worth noting. Number one, they were his half-brothers. I was told biblically they had the same father, but a different mother. Someone said, quote, that a true brother will never try to undermine you or take you out, but a half-brother won't hesitate. And guys, I'm telling you, I'm even wondering if Joseph's brothers at the time were truly born again. So because of their jealousy, they throw him in a pit. If things couldn't get any worse, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him and then lied and he ran. He ran from temptation. He ran from sin. And instead of being blessed, he gets demoted. And it was Joseph's brother's jealousy that threw him in a pit, but it was Potiphar's wife's lies that gets him in prison. So now we find this brother from another mother who's not only in the pit, he's in the prison. But he kept his eyes on God even when friends and family failed. Man, that will preach. So he's in the pit, he's in the prison, but he doesn't stop praying. When things don't go your well, that's not the time to let off the gas. It's the time to put the proverbial prayer pedal to the metal. You move forward in faith, you get stuck in reverse in fear. He prayed while he was in prison. So he's in the pit, the prison, he prays in prison, and this is when he gets promoted 
by the Prince of Peace. Man will fail you, but God will elevate you. He goes from the pit to the prison to now he's in the palace. If you're taking notes, it was his brother's jealousy that put him in the pit. It was Potiphar's wife's lies that put him in the prison. But it was God's favor that put him in the palace. God's never in a hurry, but he's always on time. And this brother went from the pit to the prison to the palace. And darn if he doesn't become prime minister, the second most powerful person in that region. And all of us have visions to get promoted, and that is noble, and it's not wrong. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do it for God's glory. But the interesting thing is, had he missed the pit and he missed the prison, he may have not have been prepared to run the country. And the irony is, not only did he stay humble when he got honored, but he still had to forgive his brothers that wanted him dead. So the irony is, his brothers want him dead, Potiphar's wife wanted him in bed, but that led to him wearing the crown on his head. I made that completely off the fly, but God is on that. So the pit, the prison, the palace to the prime minister. The devil wants to steal the three eyes. He wants to steal your identity. He wants to steal your inheritance, and he wants to steal your innocence. I had the honor to speak at an entirely african-american church two weeks ago in south carolina north augusta and i said quote if you don't know who you are it's hard to go very far but once you realize your identity is a kid of the king the bible says you can do all things there was a story of a college freshman first time away from home and he was a little nervous had the jitters and on his dorm room door the first week, his freshman year, he wrote the letter V. Everybody that came by his dorm room was just curious, what in the world does that letter mean? And some began to ask and mock and tease, and someone said, well, I think maybe he played on the varsity back in high school. Someone said, maybe he's dreaming of victory. Someone laughed and said, oh, he's probably a virgin waiting to get married. And they just began to tease him, ridicule, and mock him. He never said a word. Freshman year became sophomore. Sophomore became junior. His senior year of the college, that person became the valedictorian of the entire university. He had a vision. He had a mission. And he did not fail on his way to his promised land. You don't always have to show all your cards. You don't have to tell everyone where you're going. Remember this. When you're going places, you're going to bless others, and others will see you as a burden. But if God be for you, who can be against you? And when God elevates you, stay humble, give him the glory, and sometimes we got to forgive those who may never once say, I'm sorry. Remember this, fear will keep you down, but faith in Christ will lift you up. God bless you, and go with God. 
Thank you for joining Frank Shelton today. Consider bringing Frank to your next outreach. Feel free to contact us at frank at frankshelton.com and look for us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Frank Shelton Jr. If you would like to partner with Frank Shelton Global, you can donate online at frankshelton.com. Your generosity will help us bring the word to the world. This is Frank Shelton reminding you when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. God bless you and go with God. Tune in next week and God bless you.